Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen. We are thrilled to join you on 610 ESPN, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, it's another one of those weeks in Philadelphia. It's insane, huh? It is. It's, it's a lot of... It's By the way, what we're about to talk about seems like it was like weeks ago already, doesn't it? The the saga well, is over. The notifications, the news alerts, the different We'll talk things. about the the accuracy of many reports in a little bit. Uh, we were going to have Ricky Pitalico join us. He... Uh, with the news of the Bryce Harper signing, he is a little bit busy over at NBC Sports Philadelphia, so we'll get him back on another time and hear his breakdown of everything with the Phillies. So, Jeff, right now I'm going to depend on you. Can you handle this burden? Sure. All right. So, I'll, two, I'll, I'll even try to be a little bit surly. How's two two fifty yesterday. Um, yeah. in Washington D.C. at a conference, and my phone explodes. <laughs> I was wondering how you knew the time. Uh, my my phone did not stop. The battery died. <laughs> Um, Bryce Harper's a Philly, 13 years, $330 million, no opt out, no trade clause. See, so, but you forget me, you could actually bring an interesting perspective, assuming you do, you did what I would have done, which is walk I asked out on everybody the there what yeah. they thought. It was fascinating. So the people that were there who you met, who so were, there were live New, in D.C. Okay, so there, were, there was a mix of people. There was New Jersey people there, some of whom are Mets fans. They were bitter. They, well, they, who cares about they what were the bitter. Mets fans think, um, right? The Washington fans, part of them were like bitter that he scorned them. The other part were like, you know, just wait until he has a slump. Like they, they clearly weren't happy that. But if he would have stayed there, they would have loved him forever. Well, that's so that's they're just why, the score and lover the, the at this whole, point. The basically, whole thing was the reaction disin- I got. Yeah, the whole thing's disingenuous because I got texts from friends in DC, and they're all like, uh, "Good, we're glad you got him. You're going to regret this in three years." Oh, how many people uh, did you have tell you that that you're going to regret this? All the DC people. That yeah, yeah. It's okay. So let's talk about what we are getting now with Bryce Harper. Uh, what do you mean? You now have your <laughs> your lineup construction is different. Your oh, your you position mean. players uh-huh. are different. What he brings to the team. Look, since 2012, among players with a minimum of 450 games, he's second in home runs with 184. Mm-hmm. First in on base percentage. Second in slugging percentage. Second in on, on OPS. You're you're well. If you, it, I didn't know where you were going with, what are you getting? Um, what you're, what I you're, like it when you don't have a clue. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's Friday. It is. A lot of people can relate at this point as they're sitting in their cars trying to get home in traffic. And uh, so what you're getting is, well, first of all, you're getting a guy who walks probably more than the rest of the Phillies team combined from last year, right? I mean, he usually leads the league in walks. So you're getting somebody who can be patient at the plate. You're getting a left-handed hitter. We haven't had many left-handed hitters in the lineup recently. So you're getting a guy who can take advantage of Citizens Bank Park. I mean, let's face it. How much fun was it to have Chase Utley batting left-handed, hitting line drives out of there? And so, you know, in D.C., I had people say, oh, you know, his average last season was only 250. But after his rough start in the second half, he hit 300. But he his was hitting career, 210 at one his point. His career last. at Citizens Bank Park, he has the second most homers in his career at Citizens Bank Park. His career batting average when he's on the road there is 268. With a 365 on base percentage and a 930 OPS. But but they overplay the idea that the most home runs he's hit is at Citizens Bank Park on the road because it's the most games he usually plays. Yes. The only choices are teams in your own division. It's not, it's 
it's it's hard to use that as a statistic. I, I think they've overplayed that because City Field for a long time was a, a very deep outfield, and they've only recently moved the fences in. The other place is the Braves Stadium, which is not really the old launching pad when they were in the old building. And then you have Marlins Park, which is like a cavern. So it it's and Citizens Bank Park is Bam a launch Bank. right. It's a it's a launching pad. So yes, he will do better. I just don't like the statistic, but I think that the results will be the same. I think that he'll do really well at home. I still have one concern, and I don't mean to pour even lukewarm water on everybody's the shift. Yeah, is the shift. And I if they're gonna do something about it, great, but if they're not gonna do something about it, I do worry about it at times because he did have that very long slump at the beginning of the season last year. Um, and it was only towards the end of the season when he figured it out. So. And I did have friends in D.C. sort of talk about his nature to be hot and cold. You know, you, the hope is that he has protection in the lineup so that he doesn't have to try too hard. He's not the only person there. But what they did get is a star for this team. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can see it in the ticket sales. What did they do? Sell 100,000 tickets 100, yesterday? 100,000 tickets yesterday. Uh, that's like a new record for them mm-hmm. in one day. And so, um, and they were already up over this time they, last 200, year by 200,000 200, So people were already excited about the Phillies. Harper just adds a level of star power that are... We have stars here, by the way. Um, Reese Hos- Hoskins is capable of being a star in Aranolis, but they don't have... That they, star personality. They don't have, and they're happy with that. I think they, they are. Yeah. But he will, he will be the lightning rod that takes the attention for good or for bad, at different times when he throws his helmet and you know people get frustrated with him. I mean, that's what you're going to to have with him. Uh, the idea of 13 years it allows them to spread the contract out, so he's making actually under 25 million dollars a year. And can, and can I do a little math for people? Not that I'm good at math. Do you anymore. want to? Yeah. So, so one of the biggest gripes I hear, have heard is is very bizarre, which is they're paying him three three hundred thirty million dollars for thirteen years, and the last three years of his deal would be at age thirty seven, thirty eight, and thirty nine, and people seem concerned by that. But for every single person that I've then asked, would you be happy if the Phillies paid three hundred thirty million dollars for ten years? The answer was yes. So here's what we're going to do. Just pretend it's 10 years and three <laughs> years for free. <laughs> Problem solved. Yeah. If, you're, if you are okay with the Phillies paying $33 million a year for 10 years, then what's the big deal if he, if he can't perform those last three years? And, and look, apparently he had 12 years, $310 million on the table from the Giants. So but it's not the same thing. No. So, uh, again, I'm not an accountant. No, I'm not talking about the actual number because apparently the no, Giants the, were willing to come. The taxes. Is that the taxes are, are such an overwhelming burden in California versus Philadelphia that there's a big – if they both gave the same amount, he would still be taking home a lot more in Pennsylvania than he is in California. The Apparently one of the big reasons for extending it 13 years is to get that – yearly amount down. So Jeff, that allows for the conversation that you have been having for a long time that people can continue to fantasize about Mike Trout joining too. You're welcome. For me, you're you're who you're saying you're welcome to. You can you can do it. I know you can do. It. Look, the Phillies have plenty of money and they're going to have even more money now that the stands are going to go back to the way they were 8 years ago. I mean, how, how Pat McCarthy had tweeted yesterday about how much more fun it's going to be to go back to the old Citizens Bank Park. 
where, I mean, that place was meant to be filled. It was, I mean, people forget that it wasn't that long ago that they had this ridiculously long sellout streak. For years, and it it's, existed. It's not just the sellout. It was the buzz. Oh, it, there was no place better to be in sports, regardless of whether you were a, a real big baseball fan or it was the happening place to be. Walking around, people standing in the outfield in those those beer garden areas. There, that's what we're going to have again. And for that reason alone, this is a good signing. It it may not be the answer, but okay. So we've talked a lot about money. Let's just talk baseball now. Yeah, so let's, so let's picture the lineup that you're going to. So have. in this offseason, they've added Segura, Real Muto, Harper. Uh, Real Muto had a homer today, Jeff, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. There is baseball being played in spring training, and the Phillies are hitting the ball a lot. And the, and even though it's going to be harder than, for them to break through in the The minor next league area, guys are raking. It, yeah, I mean, Dylan Cousins has two home runs, including one that was, I think, 487 feet. Austin Listy, uh, Austin Derek Hall. Uh, Derek Hall had one yesterday, and Adam Hazley. Their first round pick from a couple years ago had one today. This is the first time any club in Major League history has added three position players in an offseason, all of whom are all-stars. If you look at their projected opening day lineup, it's got one player older than 30, and Bryce Harper's the second youngest player in that lineup. So you've got a core that's now going to be able to grow together with Harper here for 13 years. So let's go through, what would your lineup be, Jeff? How would you... Take these weapons that you have and deploy them. So mine's a little different than what, I, what I've what i heard. If, okay. if I were the Phillies... Tell me what you've heard and tell me what you do. Well, uh, there are a lot of people that think either Caesar or Kingery should be at the top of the lineup. So that's what I've heard. Okay, so my preference would be to put Gene Segura in the leadoff spot. Gene Segura does not strike out a lot. Okay. Uh, he's How's a, he on walks? He's a high average guy. He's average on walks. Okay. Um He's no worse than Caesar is. Who have you heard in the so, two spot? So, again, the question is, is it going to be Oduble? To me, it should be McCutcheon. I would put McCutcheon is, is a high average guy. In the last couple of years, it's been a little lower. But he's also a contact guy. And he's a veteran. And I think that putting him behind Segura means that you then have either Ramuto batting third or you have Hoskins batting third or you have Harper batting third. I personally would... Maybe have Real Milto batting third, Harper batting fourth, and Hoskins fifth. So you have Hoskins as protection for the other two. Correct. Because most of what I've heard is that Harper and Real Muto would be protection for Hoskins. The the problem with doing that is then you have righty righty back to back. If if you if you do it the other way, then you have righty lefty righty. Do you feel comfortable now with this team in this lineup? The lineup is is great. Assuming everybody performs to their averages, the lineup is going to be great. I've been that uh, one of the complaints. One of the complaints from people in D.C. about Harper was his defense. They said that his defense is not. As, he's, as long as he's not playing center field, then what's the problem? Well, and that's he's going to be in left. So, and by the your, way, did anybody watch the Phillies defense last year? Why well, that was my response. Okay, so. I'm like, you, you obviously didn't Hoskins see them. Is, Hoskins <laughs> is moving back to first. My response was, you obviously didn't see this team defensively <laughs> last year. If you think that Harper's going to make our team defense worse, right? But so what would so you put Harper in left? Do you have in center and right? No, I I think I'd actually put Harper in right, and okay. I'd put McCutcheon in left, and if Udubel's still here, I'll put Old Dubel in center. Okay, and so some early season injuries in camp. Well, uh, that's the problem. So Dubal says he's going to be ready by opening day, which already makes me worried 
because the fact that he's talking that far down the road, I mean, we just started March today. We still have close to four weeks before the season, and he's talking he'll be ready then. Roman Quinn. Roman uh, Quinn, we don't know. We know it's an oblique injury. He's had an oblique injury before. Um, personally, I just feel horrible for the guy. And, and for those that sit there and say, criticize him and say, get rid of him, I get if you say that he's not going to make it because he is snake bitten and he gets hurt. But don't rip the guy. Uh, we've seen the guy work. He is a hard worker. He's done everything he can. That He's, seemed to be his response. He he seemed very frustrated from the comments that you saw right. out there. You know, I did everything to get myself in this position. And, and he obviously has those tools, but he just hasn't been able to stay healthy. He flashes brilliance. If he if he were healthy, I would make him the fourth outfield. Is flashes brilliance a little bit much? No. Because when when was the last time you saw anybody on this Phillies roster who had the speed that he has? Okay. Speed I, I get changes that, games. I get that he has speed. So, now, if he were in the lineup, would you have him lead off because of his speed? Or would you put would, him somewhere no, down? No, I would, I would start him towards the end of the lineup. And, and I, would, can, I think Segura is an experienced guy that you have at the top of the lineup who can hit. So if Cesar's not your leadoff hitter, is he your eight hitter? Or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty strong and lineup. I, and, I have, and you have Franco either. below. You concerned at all about Cesar's injury in camp as well? Yeah. Uh, it's another, you know, it's a leg injury, right? But you know so what that means. That means Kingery, Scott Kingery, Kingery is going to play where he's his supposed to play. Position. Now, what does that do for the competition at third base with Kingery and Franco? Well, there is none. If if Caesar stays hurt, there is no competition at third base. It's, Franco, it, it's Franco's unless Mitch Walding is the guy. There's... There's nobody but Dominic Tomshay is there, but he's not going to be the guy. Walding has done. Walding's batting 400 in the first week. He's had, a, I think, he's had a couple home runs, um, at least one. But I don't see Walding overtaking Franco. Do the Phillies have enough pitching? That, that's where it, it's the lineup is there. The defense is better. Their bullpen is much improved. We've talked starting pitching. We're heading down there next week. What are you looking to see down there, and what, what, where are you right now on well, this pitching It would be nice to stand? see Nola pitch Saturday. Would be, that would be nice. You'd enjoy that? Yeah. Um, you have Nola, who's going to be your opening day starter, likely. You have Arietta, Who apparently looks better yeah, after his and, knee and surgery. Exactly. So, so Do you have concerns that two people seemingly had injuries last season and nobody knew about it? I mean, we don't know that the team didn't know, but it right. wasn't out well, there that, publicly. Well, well, that's it. Did the team really know? We certainly did not know. The fact that Arietta played through it, on the one hand, says that he's a tough guy. On the other hand, it says you, you, you ask yourself, did he hurt the team by playing? Now, considering the pitching that was behind him, I don't think he hurted the team by playing. But it tells me that this year there's promise that he could be more of the Jake Arietta that we saw at the beginning of the season and saw when he was in Chicago. So those you, you have your one and two. Then the question is, who's your three, four, and five? Well, at the beginning of the season, unless they make a trade, which I still think is a possibility because you have a glut of outfielders that you're not going to be able to just keep a triple A. All right, so you're general manager. What are you doing? Well, are you, well you want me to tell you who the other pitchers are first? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's Nick, it's Nick Pavetta, and then it's, it's Vinny because he's not going to the bullpen despite my – Protestations. Yes. 
And mm-hmm. then assuming he's healthy, it's going to be Eikhoff. If it's not Eikhoff, it's going to be a combination. and It's going to be one of the three guys, in my mind. It's going to be Cole Irvin, Ranger Suarez, or a guy who's not a lefty, Daniel De Los Santos. Okay, right? so now you're talking about the glut that there is because there are really aren't openings right now in this lineup for your minor league players. So mm-hmm. now they become assets on a team that's making a push to win. What does general manager are gonna have be, nice, really yeah, good. be really good? What does general manager Jeff do now? I would probably trade a combination of either. I like Nick Williams. I still don't think that we have seen his true ability. He's and what six he can for do. thirteen, I think, so far right, this but, spring. But, but the problem is, is he needs to play every day. And he, unless you're going to trade Oduble and put him in center, which is not his natural position. Yeah, the Phillies are good at putting people on their national position. Yeah, but this year we're starting to get back to that. Gabe so, also seemed to indicate in an interview that I heard that he's going to use a more traditional lineup. You know, he'll move things around for matchups at times, but he figured that people would sort of have their regular positions as opposed to the flip flopping that we saw a lot last year. So that's great. We've got him halfway there. Now, if only we could get him to disavow the the opener, we'd be fine. Because he has not disavowed the opener and said that he may be using the opener. so That's like your biggest fear in life, isn't it? Not in life, but in <laughs> baseball. <laughs> it's as close as you're going to get. But back to the, the potential trades is you you have a combination of, of guys that you may not use, which is Aaron out there, uh, Nick Williams, um, Oduble, and Cousins. And Cousins is raking right now, too. So you can't keep, you really can't keep all of those guys. I mean, you can, but after a while, they get unhappy and they are pieces that are not going to become more valuable over time. They're going to become less valuable over time. And then you have guys behind them. So you want to give those guys a chance. You want to keep the younger guys and start to get rid of the. The older guy, when I say older guys, I'm talking about the guys that are triple A. As I turned 40 this week, you're talking about guys that exactly. are Exactly, and, and as you said, the Phillies lineup is young. It's not like there's guys ready to retire that are in the lineup. So behind them, you have Hazley, and you have uh, Moniak, and you have Veerling. There, there are a bunch of guys that are younger that are behind them. So I would trade... Two of those guys, if possible, for pitching. And if I had my druthers, one of those guys would be Oduble. Because I think that he's very valuable now. I think that it could become a real problem if we have another season of Oduble going into one of these giant slumps and Oduble not paying attention when he's at the plate and Oduble not throwing to the right base. And it just, it's too frustrating. So are the two biggest question marks right now for the Phillies, Oduble and Michael Franco? Is that the, other than the pitching, of course. But if you're looking at their their situational players every yeah. day, is yes. that the two biggest? Well, it, it, look, if Caesar's injury lingers, you have Kingery there, but Kingery still hasn't proven himself at the major league level to be a good hitter. I think he will be, but he hasn't proven it yet. What so else that you, would be the biggest. What else are you looking for before we move on, before we head to spring training next week? What, what do you want to see when we're down there? I want to see that these guys, believe it or not, I just want to see that these guys are having fun together this early. I want to see them. There is a lot of new pieces. When you have a lot of new pieces, you have to worry about chemistry. So far, it looks like these guys all get along. I mean, what was one of the biggest stories blowing up on your phone? It was where everybody was, each Philly was, when, when, they, they, found got out. The, when they got the call. Jake Arrieta was on a jet ski. 
Um, yeah, yeah, Jake Arrieta's got this issue with his it's like these sweeping in yeah. a we, bathing suit. Stop, I, I Jake. Get yeah. it? I don't get it. But but they were. I I got about five messages about Reese Hoskins was with his dog when Bryce Harper called him. How's that a story, by the way? Well, <laughs> so let's let's talk about that for a second. Um, it's not a story. The way that this story was covered, yeah, for the last few months, uh, I heard Ken Rosenthal talk about how he it wasn't the the finest hour was his sort of sentiment for no, the media it, in terms of how people played this out. It, it's it's a problem with the news in general is that now that we have round the clock news, now that everybody doesn't just write a column, but has a Twitter account and has Instagram and Snapchat and Facebook stories, and they have to go on all these things. Everybody's trying to scoop everybody else. And nobody remembers when you get something wrong for the most part, they remember when you were the one who was the first. So it was getting ridiculous when people were trying to read the tea leaves of Bryce Harper went here. Bryce Harper said this. John Middleton's airplane is flying. <laughs> well, I mean, I still think that, that Todd Zalecki and Jim Salisbury taking picture of a plane and then a helicopter and saying nothing else and and the reaction to it was was hilarious. Fans definitely rode a roller coaster with this one, though. I mean, they bought into... Lots well, of stories. Yesterday before it broke, the story was that the Phillies were only offering $270 million, as if you can say only the when part, you say see, that to money. Me, that's the part that, that is the the not the finest hour part. I mean, that story was out there right before it broke that he signed for 330 Literally, right before it, and, there was another tweet. And almost everyone was wrong because they kept saying that the the holdup was is that Bryce Harper wanted an opt-out opt after three years to beat Machado's after five years. But you didn't. And he didn't want any opt-out. No. All right. We'll, we'll have plenty of baseball talk. By the, by the way, one other thing, though. Uh-uh. Burris didn't help this situation, nor did Bryce Harper. So they're not, they don't, they're not absolved of this either because somebody has to ask Bryce Harper this question. And if we get a chance, we'll be the one to ask it next week if, if 15 other people have asked it first. <laughs> What did he mean by when he put it on his Twitter account, loading, dot, dot, dot? Really, that's the only question you want to ask? No, I want, I want to ask what, what was going on there. Because he, he even had Reese, Reese Hoskins retweeted it. Everybody, look, that he, he was like about to sign. He was the center of attention. He was happy about it. I, I'm, not, I'm not surprised by it at all. Let's talk a little Sixers. They had a win last night. Uh, Joel Embiid still not playing. Uh, that was an impressive win last night. Especially they have been snake bitten when it comes to playing Oklahoma City. Nineteen game losing streak that they broke last night against Oklahoma City. They won one oh eight, one oh four. Big nights for Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler. This is the fastest the teams reach forty wins since the two thousand, two thousand one season. It's the seventh time in the last forty seasons that they've won forty of their first sixty two contests. Um your thoughts on how the team is playing without Joel Embiid with with Boban down they actually activated Justin Patton but he didn't who, play he didn't play yeah. uh, if you want which I was surprised if you want to catch our interview with him uh, when he was with the Blue Coats from about two weeks ago we went about 11 minutes with him uh, talking sort of all things his his own basketball life and what he looked forward to with the Sixers uh, and now he's he's up with the big team on the bench. Uh, your thoughts on what you're seeing right now with the players as they come together. Tobias Harris dropped 32 points. Sixers had 33 assists on 42 field goals. Jimmy Butler almost had a triple-double with 20 points and 8 rebounds. 
Ben Simmons had his ninth triple-double of the season. Jonah Bolden had his career high at 14 points. The team, believe it or not, seems more balanced when Joel is not in the game. Blasphemy. You're not uh, allowed to say that. I, no, I'm not saying they're, that they're better. I'm saying that they're more balanced at times because the ball gets distributed more evenly. I also noticed last night again that the times that Ben does not bring the ball up, the ball moves more, and Ben benefits from it scoring-wise. The players seem to be embracing that rotation a little bit more. Ben seems to be enjoying where he's getting the ball and and his ability to kind of dominate down on the block. Uh, Jimmy seems to enjoy being more active in the game. Uh, I'd like to see him shoot a little more at times. I just think that that would draw the defense out a little bit and create better spacing. But I'm kind of enjoying seeing this team come together. Joel's going to come back, and you'll go back to having some of that depth. What do you think they do in terms of their rotation there? I, th- I think that what happens, first of all, is... Pat, you go back down to the Blue Coats? Yes. Oh, oh, well, no, no. Remember, the, the G League season's over in a few weeks, mm-hmm. so he just stays on the bench. Whether he plays ahead of Amir... Amir has these bursts of like three, four, five minutes where he's really good, and then he seems to get tired really quickly. So I think keeping him on the bench is is a good idea, and I think that they, they will do that. I don't think he'll go back to Wilmington. I think that when then what you do is you move Jonah Bolden to the backup four, and you keep the rest of the rotation the same. Although I worry about J.J. Reddick because he seems to be struggling. Well, he's playing um, a lot of minutes. Yeah, which then that's the part I don't understand. I think that we can move back on his minutes now because of the versatility that you have with Jimmy and and Tobias. Some of these other guys worry me. Jonathan Simmons has not impressed. Ennis to me has not impressed. Mike Scott has not particularly impressed. I'll take him for a few minutes here. They're off the bench, but they're not great. But the one person that I am really enjoying watching is Tobias Harris. He's a fun, smooth basketball player. So so now I'll ask you a question. I don't okay. answer questions. You're Elton Brand. Yeah. And for whatever reason, don't ask me what the reason is. I'm just telling you, you could only sign one of these two Tobias guys. Harris. Or Jimmy Butler. Uh, Tobias Harris. Yeah. Uh, I think that Tobias Harris is the fit there. Not not a knock on Jimmy Butler. No, I, I just I, I just I really think, like his. Game. I think that for what this team needs and what they've needed, he fills the role perfectly. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need the spotlight. He doesn't need the attention, but he can do everything that they need him to do and fill that role. Yeah. Are you surprised that I answered that quickly and without any like hedging or anything? I'm not I, surprised by your answer. I'm surprised that you did it without hedging. Oh, I didn't think you'd be surprised by what yeah. I chose. I just thought you'd be surprised that I answered it quickly without without hedging. Uh, Zaire Smith going to make his debut for the Bluecoats tonight. Uh, they're not in Delaware. They're on the road against the main uh, Boston team so there. So it's now 427. If you're thinking about going now, it's too late. Yeah, you won't be able to yeah. make it. Uh, uh, this is big for the Sixers, though, because they need him to pan out. <laughs> they, they need their draft picks to, to pan out in terms of if you're going to sign all these max guys, your draft picks have to become players on your team. And he's basically red-shirted, like we've talked about a lot of players in the past for the Sixers. It'll it'll be interesting to see wh- how he does over the next three weeks, a- and hopefully he stays healthy during that period of time. And then what happens when the when the G League season's over? 
whether or not he just sits on the bench or whether they do try to find minutes here or there for him. Because it's hard to put a guy in who's never played an NBA game when you are, every game's going to matter. Every minute's going to matter. Because if I'm the Sixers, I have to do whatever I can to get to that three spot. If they get to that four spot, I'm worried. I told you, I don't want to play Boston. Right, and even if you get past Boston, then you're playing Milwaukee. I don't want to see Milwaukee until the until the conference finals. They are they are such a good team. Speaking of what you're going to see, uh, you're going to go down potentially tomorrow night and see Golden State against the Sixers. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to say. The Golden State Warriors, the team that everybody is used to seeing, is not the team that's been playing late. Now, I, I don't understand what's gotten into them unless DeMarcus Cousins is really the fly in the ointment, right? <laughs> I mean, he's been playing better of late, but he's not playing like the old DeMarcus You don't think Cubs. they're all just on cruise control until they get to the postseason? No, because they, they, it, it doesn't... They start... They've, they seem like they're now concerned. I don't, you can't keep losing. They're not, they're not guaranteed to get the home seed at this point. And by the way, if somebody would have told me that Denver would be the one... That's crazy. Yeah, who who is who does Denver have that would lead them to be tied for the number one spot? Yeah, Denver is not a team that I thought would would be out there. But mm-hmm. um, so coming down the stretch, they obviously didn't make any moves. You comfortable with what the Sixers have? I ask you this about all our teams all the time. Oh, time out. Who didn't make? They any moves? didn't make any buyout moves. The the you know expiring contract buyout. Like they've done in past years with Ilyasova and guys like well, that. They, they needed, obviously made they trades. They needed to keep somebody from the team that they had at the beginning of the year. Why? They've erased half the people on it, the it, t-shirt. It is bizarre. to like If you just turn on a game and realize how few of these guys were on the team just a few months ago. The I Bluecoats mean, have had the same thing, though. They've had a lot of turnover. There's just been a lot of turnover in the organization. Well, yeah, but the, the NBA team is different. I mean, yeah. at the beginning of the season, we thought that this team could contend, and, and yet there's been a lot of turnover on this team and it's only getting more. And by the way, I would argue that they did make a a different move at the deadline, which nobody's talking about yet, which is Justin Patterson. I mean, Patton, because you just got, Which, by the way, I'm still beating myself up for not saying Zaire Smith on our interview with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar the other night and saying uh, Landry Shaman. I'm just going to call myself out on the air for that. By the way, if you missed that, we did a special interview with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar the other night for our regiment show aired here on Tuesday night on uh, 610 ESPN. You can catch it on our website, www.theheartofsport.org. 23 minutes talking to Kareem about everything from auctioning his memorabilia, which, Jeff, his ring uh, is now up to over $260,000. you get your bid in? No. Come on. It's for charity, it Jeff. It wouldn't fit. It's for a good cause. <laughs> Come on, get on that. Why don't we head hey, to break? Hey, big spender, why don't you get on it? I could spend your money really well. Okay. Why don't we head to break? When we come back, we're going to have Andre Blake from the Philadelphia Union join us, talk opening of the soccer season. Stick with us. We got that and more. Are you looking for a lifeline? Verizon New Jersey Shares Communication Lifeline is a statewide nonprofit that provides assistance to individuals and families living in New Jersey, those who are in need of temporary help in paying their communication and energy bills. Want to know how to apply? All you need to do is call Verizon New Jersey Shares at 1-888-337-3337. 
1-800-529-3339 or visit on the web at www.newjerseyshares.org. It's quick and easy to sign up, but remember, you must be a Verizon Residential Landline customer to apply for eligible programs. That's Verizon New Jersey Shares, keeping the lines of communication open for you and your family. Taking you into the weekend with the latest news in the world of sports. With the biggest names on and off the field. It's the Heart of Sports each and every Friday at 4 p.m. on 610 ESPN. With former players, reporters, and commentators like Adam Schefter, John Runyon, Keith Jones, Trey Thomas, and Doug Glanville, Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen cover the agony and ecstasy of fandom while weaving in conversations about the impact of sports on society. That's the Heart of Sports, Fridays at 4 p.m. Welcome back to the Heart of Sports on 610 ESPN. I'm Jason Springer here in studio with Jeff Cohen. All right, Jeff, while we wait for Andre to call in and talk a little union with us, let's get to the Eagles for a second. Uh, Nick Foles in Eagle No More. Brandon Graham staying here for three more years. You don't start with the good news. You start with the bad news, right? Well, who says it's not good news? Do you think Nick Foles leaving is good news? I think it's news. Right. I, I think it's not surprising. Well, but I, see, if I, were, I if, if you would have let me start just now, I would have led with Brandon Graham's coming back for three years. Well, you could have talked about that. You chose to take <laughs> it where you wanted to. Brandon Graham is coming back for three years. It's Did a, you see that coming? No. I didn't see it coming. Not yet. at all. Especially and the mean, way he was talking at the end of the at season. At the end of the I season, you would have thought that he was out of here. Mm-hmm. And he was a guy who clearly loved playing in the city, yep. really loved the people here. He signs a three-year, $40 million deal, about $13.3 million a year. And why wouldn't you want to have another Michigan guy on your team, right? How do you always manage to find an angle? This show is not about you, Jeff. It's not about me. It's really not about Michigan. It's not about well, you. It's not about me, It's, but it could be about Michigan. It could be, yeah. but it's not. Um, so Brandon Graham will be here. Nick Foles will not. Um, you know, we, we got plenty of of changes that will come up. Any thoughts on the decision this week before we go talk union? I think we go talk union. Are you just going to leave that there? I am. All right. We're going to leave that cookie sitting right there. All right. And you can address it. If you can remember the question after Andre's done, I'll bring it back up for you later. Tomorrow is the home opener for the Philadelphia union and the start of the season. And we've got goalie Andre Blake on with us. Andre, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? We're awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, tell us, how exciting is this time of year for you? Uh, ready to kick things off down there at the stadium tomorrow? Yeah, it's an exciting moment. Uh, the guys are already all pumped. in on a break for a while. And kind of get to play competitive soccer in front of our fans again. So the guys are already so pumped. We got you breaking up a little bit, so we'll try and make sure that we keep it coming. How's the training been? You guys been in down in Florida getting ready for the season. How's everything getting ready for the team out there together? Yeah, training has been great. Yeah, um, We're trying to play a new system, a new style of play. I think um, the guys are taking it well. So we're just going to have to keep putting in the work. And, and again, we have a chance to, to showcase um, a competitive game tomorrow, so we are looking forward to it. What's it mean to the team when you see them make so many changes and bring in a, a player like Marco Fabian and his stature? Yeah, I mean, players like those can only help us. You know, so we welcome him with both arms, and we know he can be very good for us. So we all have responsibilities of trying to get him settled in for the team as 
quicker and faster work to make him see comfortable so that he can face the best of his ability. So, so Andre, uh, you're from Jamaica. It's going to be about 30-some-odd degrees tomorrow. <laughs> you just finished practicing in, in Florida. Uh, how do you get ready for this kind of weather to play soccer and have that ball being launched at you at a, a high velocity? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it is what it is, you know, it's there, it's going to be cold, you know, there's not much I can do about that, you know, but what I can do is control how I, how I think about it, you know, and I'm just going to have to go out there and then try to block it out, you know, and know that I have a job to get done and, and whatever is required, I'm going to have to be a true professional and, and go out there and get it done. I mean, going to Yukon from Jamaica kind of propped me a little bit, so... Yeah, there was a little more yeah, snow at UConn for you. Stores Connecticut wasn't like Jamaica? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> so so you have also, in addition to playing with the union since you were drafted, um, you played for Jamaica and the Con... Concacaf Cup. There you go. Thank you for saving. You're me welcome, there. Jeff. I've got and, you. And were awarded the Golden Glove in 2017. What was it? What's it like to play for your country and, and to be honored like that? Yeah, every time I get to wear the badge, you know, it's definitely a great feeling. You know, and, and, you know, you wear that jersey with pride. You know, representing your country. So every time I get to go out there, it's always an amazing feeling. You know. Just like when I'm playing for the union, you know, you go out there and you, you want to give it your best and do everything you can to help the team to be All successful. All right, so I've I've been to union games. The Sons of Ben area is uh, entertaining. Let's say Jeff jealous. What, what's what's it like to play with such a rabid crowd uh, every week? Yeah, they are amazing. They're the best in the league. You know, and um, what I like most about them, you know, they're always there supporting you. So they're going to tell you like this. So if you're not doing well, they're going to let you know clearly you're not doing well. So it's, it's really good, and, and, and they help us a lot, and it's amazing to, to play in front of them. We we wanted to ask you a little bit, too. You're involved with the union. You're the ambassador for their Soccer for All effort can you talk a little bit about the importance of that? We like to talk about the platform and the opportunity that athletes have, and it seems like you and the team are really taking advantage of that with this program. Yeah, um, soccer is a universal, you know, and um, there's a, a lot of diversity. You know, you have players coming in from a lot of different cultures and all of that stuff, and I think us as soccer players, a lot of people look up to us, you know, and, and we have a lot of positive influence and on the younger kids growing up their lives, you know. So I think if we can get the right word out there, you know, um, I think it can definitely influence and, 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 and be a positive thing. Can you talk about the importance of an initiative like this and, and how you got involved in it? Yeah, it's great, you know, and it's something like this um, where, again, as I said, you have a lot of people coming together, you know, forming a team from different backgrounds, you know, and it's about learning to accept the, the other person for who he is and, and to just understand that everyone has been raised in a different environment and you just have to understand the person next to you and, and try to support them. You obviously had a lot of success in your college career, and you came in with extremely high expectations as the number one pick. You've lived up to it with MLS Goaltender of the Year. 
What's it like for you as an athlete, and what advice do you have for people who want to play soccer or pursue a sport to not only deal with that pressure, but to have the discipline that you've had to realize the success that you've had? Yeah, I mean, you know, it comes down to being aware of your surroundings and situation. And it's always going to be hard work, but not everybody who works harder and successful. You know, so not everyone gets the same moment. You know, and, and I'm happy that I was able to get this moment and not just get the moment, but I was able to seize the occasion and, and kind of make the best of it. So I'm very thankful for that, and I just want to keep working on and, and keep doing my best and elevate into higher levels. Well, you, you've now had a year with Zlatan in the league. <laughs> um, what was it like to, to play against him, and, and is there anybody – in the MLS, who is a bigger smack talker than than Zlatan? <laughs> no, but it's for sure Zlatan is winning in that category. Jeff <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the question he, out of left know, field. He's a great player, you know. He's a great player, and I've watched him ever since I was younger. You know, and it's, it's kind of amazing to be able to share the same speed with him. You know, and he can strike a ball. He's very smart. You know, and. As a goalkeeper, you have to be you have to be ready at all time when when you're playing against a striker like Zlatan. So, so who's the biggest smack talker on the union? Oh, good question. I'd say Alejandro Bedoya for sure. All right, we'll have to follow that when it, we come now, down. Now, is it fun smack talk or does the other team get really uh, frustrated by it? <laughs> um, it's a bit of both. <laughs> it depends on the moment and how the game is going. Well, we. We wish you guys the best of luck as you start the season. Uh, look forward to coming down and catching some games, and uh, hope to have you back again in the future. All right. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you so much. Good luck this weekend. Jeff, we got to get down there. It's, it's fun to, to see a game right there on the waterfront. It, it, it's a great stadium. Uh, it gets very loud down there. Um, it's, not, you know, it's not Lincoln Financial field size, but for a soccer stadium, it's a great facility. And that Sons of Ben area that they have behind one of the goals, it's not really kid friendly. They're passionate. They're but, passionate. But it is a lot of fun. They're very passionate yes. about mm-hmm. their sports. Uh, okay. Going back to the Eagles now, before we go to the Flyers, when we can talk about them playing at the link. <laughs> um, all right. It, it, where are you this time of year with football? Could you care less? Do you like. Do I could you, care less. Like free agency starts on the thirteenth. Doesn't you, matter. So when do you re-engage as a fan? Because you're not the guy that watches the, the combine and the shorts and the draft. I don't need to. No, I don't need to watch the combine. Don't I, laugh I, at people like me who do. I, I don't just, you look down on people I, like I, me? Look, <laughs> the, the, all I need to do is think of one Eagles player to tell you how important the combine really is. I know who you're going to say Mike, Mike Mamula, right? So there's always, every year, there's somebody that comes out of the combine that can bench press the most or can run the fastest. It doesn't matter because they play with pads on. Can I tell you a secret on the air? What? The first time I ever called into a sports radio show, I lied about my age so that I could say that I wanted Warren Sapp over Mike Mola. 
That was the first phone call I ever made to a sports radio show ever. It, it, it was <laughs> probably the first. I, I wasn't smart, old enough to call in. I wasn't old enough to call in, but I did not want Mike. What Mubula. is there an age? And is there an age limit? I think at the time it was like thirteen, and I was oh, twelve, okay. and I I lied about it. But years later, I ended up running into him and telling him about that. Yeah. I, I told him I was like, you know, I called in and I said I didn't want him to draft you, and he said you're not the only one. Oh. So he was, he was pretty cool about it. But uh, yeah, that was my. And then first, he mooned you, right? That was my first uh, call in. <laughs> ever to a show was to to yeah. say that I did not want the Eagles to take my Pamula. Okay. Do you have uh, how you feel about them drafting this year? They really need to get some depth if if they're going to retool well, here. It, it depends on what they do with free agency. So you have to first figure out what are they going to do with free agency? Are they going to dive in? Are they going to get somebody like Le'Veon Bell? Are they going to get somebody? Did you see Bryce Harper out there trying to recruit Le'Veon Bell? I know, I know. This, this do you the... enjoy the cross-athlete no. interaction? Yes, I didn't. I didn't get your question. Yeah, you should listen to the question yeah, before I, you just I, say no. See, I you're am so used not, to me asking you questions that you just it reflexively say no. I'm having a hard time with the whole recruiting thing. Yeah, you're with, like clenching your hands here in studio. Yeah, <laughs> I because I, I find what LeBron's doing just obnoxious. He, it's okay that he has these other things, these other avenues that he has his his agency that he has the the show on HBO. What I don't like is that it is is blatantly obvious that he's using all of these avenues to recruit players to his team. And it gets frustrating. Guys should be able to play and have fun. If it was Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid recruiting players to the Sixers, would you have so much trouble with it? I would feel uncomfortable with it. Okay. So, you're, con- so you're consistent. Well, no. I if they got somebody, you'd I, be fine with it. I would be hypocritical. So you're only partially hypocritical. I, I just said I'm uncomfortable with it. Okay. Yes. Uh, what would it take to make you more comfortable with that? <laughs> Let, you mentioned the link. Let's yeah. move on from the Eagles right now and talk about. There was a hockey game outdoors at the link last Saturday night. It was since our last show, and uh-huh. it looked pretty cool on TV. I'm it, sure it was. It I, didn't, I mean, I didn't go to it. Uh, they were able to get the whole game in, which I was surprised at. And I'm glad they were because yeah. it went to overtime, and Claude Giroux had a pretty sick move in overtime. It also ended up being a very emotional game it was uh, because Wayne. of Wayne Simmons. Um, and if for a guy that has been integral to this organization for so long, is seems to be a leader of this team, it was kind of apropos that that's kind of the way he went out. I mean, he's a guy we'll miss. I'm not sure they got enough for him. I was going to ask you that. There's So people say, I don't know if he got enough for him. He was going to walk at the end of the season. Right. We have to be clear about that. Well, so do you, how, do you know, how do you know he was going to walk? I think there's a better chance of him coming back as a free agent than there would have been him staying here. Why? As a flyer. I, I just, he loves it here. I just don't think that he would have. I think he wouldn't have been in their long-term plans had he not left. I think there's more chance that he comes back. When they see that they're missing something from like that heart piece, than anything else. I'm confused. Yeah, I know. I'm good at confusing you. So, so wait, because they traded him away, it's more likely he's going to come back and play next year. I think that there would be very little. But chance. if they would have kept him, he wouldn't be wanting. I think there'd be back. very little chance that they kept him as a flyer next year if they kept him on the team. Why? Because if you're. But looking, what is trading him? Because have to do with they're it? Go, because they're go, because they tried to get something for him. They tried to get some type of value. So they got a player and a pick. I'm not saying it's enough, but that's what got a that was the pick. decision that they made. Conditional fourth could yeah. be a third. Okay. And they, they got a player who ran somebody over in his first game and endeared himself to Flyers fans. <laughs> 
But I, I mean, look, he's not as gonna, long as you act like a truck in your first he, game. <laughs> he's not going to be Wayne Simmons. That's not no, he's what not. you're getting. Uh-uh. So you have to sort of realize what it is. The Flyers are six points out of the final wild card spot right now. Uh-huh. There's 18 games left in the season. They're on a 14-3-2 run, and they still have a 1.7% chance of making the playoffs. Well, you know why part of that is, right? It's because Brian Elliott is currently the goalie. You're not pleased. The look on your face when I said that was that Carter Hart was the reason that they made the run. Carter Hart's now injured. We don't know if he's coming back. And and what I do know with with almost— He hurt his ankle. With with almost— 100% 100% certainty is Brian Elliott will not get you to the playoffs. And it was amazing. So last night, uh, a friend of mine texted me after the first goal, and I said, don't worry, Elliott will give up a goal. And within like three seconds, he gave up a bad goal. And luckily that one didn't count, but then they scored another goal. <laughs> but he just has a way about him in in the exactly the wrong moment towards the game of giving up the soft goal. And if you're a team and you're always having that in the back of your mind, I think it impacts the entire game. Uh, At this point, Cam Talbot was the worst goalie in the starting goalie in the NHL this year, but he's here. You might as well give him a try because we know what we're going to get with Brian Elliott. You'll get one good at one out of every five games. You'll get a really good goal game out of him. But for the most part, you can't count on Brian Elliott to bring you to the playoffs. The Flyers are going to set a record tonight. They're what? not going to depend on Brian Elliott. They're going to have Cam Talbot in. So He's going to go. be the eighth goalie mm-hmm. to, to start for the Flyers this season. At the Devils. At the Devils. Mm-hmm. They lost last night to Columbus in overtime. Um, their problem, their biggest problem, has been playing the Metro Division. They've got six wins in 17 games, and if they're going to actually do anything, 11 of their final 18 games are against teams in the Metro, so they're going to have to start beating them. There's... I mean, it's just what has you to happen. You don't have a choice. No. Okay. So. So. All right. Here we go. They're going to make the playoffs. No. Okay. They're not. Wow. Look, you are totally on today. They're not. I want them uh-huh. to, but I don't. I don't think they are. Um, they their defense still has too many giveaways that hang their goalies out to dry, and if Carter Hart's not back there, what I would love to see in the last ten games of the season. Would be to see Myers in, see Marin in, and have Hart, Carter. Hart I'd like in goal. to see some of those young guys yeah. playing and, 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 and see how and they next, are. Next year, keep in mind, Morgan Frost again has had an incredible season in the minors. All right, so, so whether you, or not that translates, I don't know, but so, he has been everything that they because because they I forget who it was that they traded for him. As a matter of fact, it was it Chen. I don't remember who it was, but everybody was saying, "How could you trade for a pick?" and Everybody has since been talking about Morgan Frost throughout the farm system of, of the NHL. So we've got just under eight minutes left on the show, and I want to yeah. ask you a question. Which team in the city are you most excited about now? Come on. Really? You're asking me that, or are you going to ask me? Are you I'm asking, asking me personally? I'm not asking, asking me about Jeff Cohen. I'm asking See, a dispassionate it. Philadelphia sports fan that looks at it, doesn't have a preference for sports, but looks at it and... Bryce Harper is here for 13 years. Aaron Knoll is there. Reese Hoskins there. You have mm-hmm. a young core. The Sixers have Joel Embiid and Jimmy Butler and Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris, and they have their core. Mm-hmm. The Flyers now have their goalie solution with Carter Hart. They have younger players coming up. They're starting to be on the, the cusp. 
The Eagles now, they have their quarterback, you would think, with Carson Wentz. They won. They're, they're, Where yeah. are you on this? these teams? It's a fun time to be a Philadelphia fan in terms of where we were just years ago. You, you have four very good teams, and I count the Flyers in that because the Flyers are on. Now that they've solved Five, supposedly. by the way, because the union with Andre Blake last season finished making the playoffs and were hot, and they're picked to finish like fifth in the league this year. Right. So if we're if we're talking about it, you know, you've got all these teams here in the area. Yes, I'll make Union fans happy. They'll be so mad if I slighted and did not include the sons that. of Ben would be storming that down to the I studio. would get phone calls and text messages. Yes. But but seriously though, who who is it for you right now? I think first it would be the Sixers because the Sixers have gone the longest. Well, the Flyers have gone the longest, but the Sixers, this team with that excitement in that building, that would be, and the way the playoffs, the way the playoffs are so long, the build up to it, the excitement that would go from game to game to round to round, the city would be, you would have a month and a half of the city fixated on the Sixers. And because of the way the NBA is structured and the way the playoffs are structured, that's where my eye is right now. Because I think this city would go crazy for this. And for this particular team, because, I mean, before we had Bryce Harper yesterday, uh, as we've talked about, there's, there was, there's no star power as, as far as personalities. The Sixers are brimming with star power. And that star power and the excitement of the game and the buildup of the playoffs would be incredible for the city. And I, I would argue to you that the Sixers parade would have even more people than the Eagles parade would. Oh, that's a tough one. Well, plus you'd have better weather. Okay, the better weather yep, might help that I'm argument. That in. I, I don't know which team. I think that if the Phillies catch on, mm-hmm. they're going to be huge again. I mean, you remember what it was like. Oh, yeah. I, had, that, season, I had season tickets that for that whole run, and, and it was... It was an event to go down there. It was you. You went down two hours early. But isn't it starting to be that at the Sixers game where you look at the celebrities that are there and it's you know it's big time television and smack talking with the players on Twitter and in person? Aren't the Sixers turning into that? The Sixers already are that. Yeah. I mean, right now it is it is amazing to think of what it was two just two short years ago. So where do the Eagles rank in all of this then? It's because, not football season. Because, but because but, Philadelphia is generally a football city. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll talk Eagles any time. Right. Um, do the Eagles continue to dominate the news cycle? Not like, for the summer. I, I think they fall back until it's fall. I, 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 honestly, I honestly believe that you now have the spring and summer without a boatload. You, you also have the fact that the Eagles won a Super Bowl. Just a year and you a half. You still think ago. everybody's just on a high and happy. Exactly. But but this summer isn't going to be I can't wait to get the football season. And here's here's my plea to Philadelphia. Spend the summer, spend the spring with the Sixers and the summer with the Phillies going to games without chanting Eagles. <laughs> that that is my plea. And then once you get to fall, go for it. But how about chanting for the teams that you're actually watching as opposed to doing the Eagles chant at the Sixers and the 
Phillies games. You pay attention to things that <laughs> like things bother you. They just get in your crawl. And I'm like, dude, you just paid 150 dollars to sit there and you're chanting Eagles and you're at a basketball <laughs> game. <laughs> what am I missing? <laughs> uh, last last few minutes. Uh, you've got your Michigan sweatshirt on. You getting excited for March Madness? How could you not? It's that time of year. Yeah, starting I mean, postseason it, tournaments. It's always nicer when you're like when your alma mater's in it. But let's face it. I mean. There is nothing that packs the I wouldn't, excitement. I wouldn't know about that, game. Jeff. My alma mater is not in it, ever. They still have the NIT, right? That's not a tournament. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to give you something. There's no hope. I'm no? a Rutgers fan. No, I will say this. The team is better. Yeah. They are definitely better under <laughs> their coach now, but they're not there yet. It's just not. What about Rutgers women's basketball is still there? Not anymore. They're dismissing players, and it's not good. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. it's it. I tried. Oh, to be a Rutgers fan. How about back soccer to teams, team? Back to teams that are good and play sports. Yeah. Tell me, uh, what's it like to have your team get ready for March Madness, Jeff? <laughs> well, as we were sitting here, I already got notice of uh, buying merchandise that says uh, NCAA tournament, which is a little odd. Guys, but, make the tourney yet? No, I, I assume we will, but uh, I still think that if Zion Williamson is healthy, it's Duke's tournament. To but lose. if he's not, whose tournament is it? Is it wide? Then it's open? wide open. They're, they're, I mean, North Carolina has gotten better and better and better as the season's gone on. Virginia is still Virginia, although their their offense is better than it was last year. Last year they were just defense and couldn't happened score. Happened to Nova. You can hear them here on six ten ESPN. They've struggled in the last couple games after a long run. They're a young team. They lost a lot of players, and I think that they, they. I still believe that they will be a four or five seed. That's what I've been saying for weeks. Uh, I've been told by Nova people, "You're nuts. They're going to be an eight or nine." Well, you seed. might be nuts, but they could still be a yeah, four or five I, seed. I, I believe that they're a top twenty-five team. If they're a top twenty-five team, they should be in that four or five range. I think, um, and I wouldn't worry about them. But this was a rebuilding year. You can't you can't lose that many great players to the NBA and expect to, unless you're Duke, and recover that quickly. Anybody outside Michigan and Duke you're looking at to sort of make a run this year? Oh, I didn't say Michigan was going to make a run. I just, well, I know, but I, I just take Michigan out of it. North Carolina. How about Tennessee? They've played well. They have, but I, I honestly can't tell you. I've tried watching a couple Tennessee games, but I just can't get into it. You think Tennessee, you just don't think basketball. You're not a volunteer fan? No. Well, we're going to leave it I there. I volunteer, but not. We'll we'll leave it there. When we join everybody next week, we'll be live in Hey, by the way, breaking news. Bryce Harper just signed. He's still a Philly. Yeah. Thanks, everybody, for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday week to help you start your weekend in style as we broadcast from Clearwater from Philly Spring Training. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you next week.